Says Moshe Rabbeinu, See that I am placing before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing, should you listen to the mitzvahs of Hashem your God. That which I am commanding you today. And on the other hand, the curse, if you do not listen to the mitzvahs of Hashem, your God. At this point, Moshe Rabbeinu places these two options in front of the Bnei Israel, and it almost makes you wonder why these options are even present. Isn't it kind of obvious which one is the right one, which one you should choose? Why would anyone ever opt to bring upon himself a klala, a curse? Why would Hashem even make that option available? Right, why would Hashem situate us in a world where a person can bring upon himself a curse? I can understand giving us the opportunity to receive blessing, but why make it that if we fail to achieve the blessing, then necessarily we have to receive a curse? Why even create a curse? Why should curses even exist? Why should evil even exist? We'll address this present question as we enter another dimension, a dimension not only of pshat, but of remez, drash, and sod, a journey into a mystifying paradise of Parsha and imagination, which we call the Parsha Pardes. Welcome to Parsha Pardes, our Parsha Paradise, here at the database of Rabbi Yeshua Eisenberg, where this week's Parsha is Parsha A. and if you enjoy these shirim and others like it on the podcast and you want to partner up with us and give us sponsorship, or if you have questions, comments, concerns, or recommendations, or if you want to join the database podcast WhatsApp group for updates, and links for every uploaded shear, then all you have to do is reach out to me at thedatabase at gmail.com. That's the data, then base, B-E-I-S at gmail.com. Now, once again, the question of why Moshe Rabbeinu places these two options, which apparently came from Hashem, that we can receive either a bracha or a klala, why is Moshe Rabbeinu even talking about this now? What exactly does Moshe Rabbeinu mean that we have a bracha and a klala in front of us? Why should the klala even exist? So starting off with just the push-up shot of why Moshe Rabbeinu is talking about this right now to begin with, we bring you the chizkuni. Says the chizkuni, Adkan, until this point, Moshe Rabbeinu has been reproving them, chastising them, giving them instruction with regards to Yiras Shemayim, the fear of heaven, right? That which we spoke about last week. When Moshe Rabbeinu asks them, what is it that Hashem asks of you? That you should fear Him. So from Devarim, Veschanan, and Akev, all the way up until this point, Moshe Rabbeinu had been instructing them with regards to the concept and the Hashkafa Sachayim, the outlook on life that pertains to the fear of heaven, the awe, the reverence of heaven, how we should conduct ourselves, what should be in our hearts, what should govern our every action. And once Moshe Benu has done that, then we get to phase two, where the Chizkuni says, Mikan ve'elach, from this point and on, Maschil l'sader mitzvos. Moshe Benu now begins to arrange before them the mitzvos, which we're going to see in Parsha Sre'eh and all the way till the end of Devarim. We'll find several mitzvos, some new, some old, but from this point on, it's not just about the outlook, it's not just about the philosophical or the spiritual way we should be, what should govern our actions, but what actions should we be doing. That's described from here on in. And this can help us better understand what Moshe Rabbeinu means when he says that I place before you a bracha and a klala. This is the introduction to the mitzvos section of Sefer Devarim, where again, we, with our every action, get to choose which 
option, which path we're going to take, the path of bracha or the path of klala. And this is further driven home by the following Ramazim as we move on to the Remez section where we have from the Balaturim who explains Es HaBracha, right, the Bracha that we alluded to earlier, Amar Es Lashon Riboy, that Moshe Rabbeinu uses the word Es when it comes to the Bracha. He says Es HaBracha, it's an inclusive Lashon. Kilo Nafal Davarachad Mikal Diburo Atov. The reason why it says Es, Es is an inclusive Lashon which some explain Aleph to Tuf. It's all inclusive. Anything that is promised from the standpoint of Bracha, then nothing from that which is promised in Bracha is going to be um, ignored, nothing is going to be subtracted. Whatever you earn from the bracha, you get the entire thing. When it comes to the klala, lo amar es. It does not say the word es, ela viha klala, and the klala. Davar Acher explains the Balaturim really fascinatingly. Es habracha, the aleph and the taf, me aleph viad taf. Literally, from aleph until taf. What does it mean in this context? Well, let's go back to the original brachos and klalos that we found back in Parshas Bichukosai. May im bichukosai from the words im bichukosai, which begin with an aleph and im, ad komemios. The brachos end with the word komemios, that you will be standing upright, which ends with the letter tough. So you have from the aleph until the tough, that's the bracha. Baklala, what about the klala? Mivav v'ad hey. From the letter vav until the letter hey, right? Viha klala. So we have before the word klala, vav and a hey. So the vav until the hey, what is that a reference to? May vi'im lo tishmu, right? Vi'im begins with a vav. If you do not listen, ad until the words ve'in koneh. You are going to try to sell yourselves as a slave. You're going to be so desperate. Ve'in koneh, no one's going to want to buy you. That is the letter hey. The word koneh ends with the letter hey, from the vav until the hey. So we have a bracha that begins with aleph, ends with taf. We have a curse that begins with vav and ends with the letter hey, and the balaturim is not even finished. Ubeklala amar im lo tishmu. If you look by the klala, which we read in the pasuk earlier, it says, if you do not listen, with the word im. However, ubebracha amar asher. It doesn't say if you don't listen or if you do listen, when it comes to the bracha, it says, Asher tishmu'un, that you listen. Velo amad im belashon misafik. It does not use a lashon of suffik. Im, the word im is if you do it, should you, maybe you do it, maybe you won't do it. But we don't say that when it comes to a bracha. When it comes to a curse, we leave it in a case of suffik. Maybe you'll, chas v'chalam, you'll choose that option. But when, we come to, when it comes to the bracha, we use the lashon of asher, that you are going to do it. Amar asher, lashon ashrei, adds the balaturim, asher's lashon of ashrei, praiseworthy. Shenemar asher adam shemeli, praiseworthy is the one that listens to me. In other words, the bracha is what makes you praiseworthy. Right? And explains the balaturim even further. Es habracha shetishmu, sofei tevos, look at the words. Es habracha asher tishmu, the last letter in each word. We have tough. Hey, Reish, and then Avav, rearrange the letters, Sofetevus equals Torah. Shebeschus Torah Yevoh HaBrachos. When you observe the Torah, the merit of the Torah is what brings you the Brachos. With several incredible Ramazim, the Baal Turim, reminds us that the Torah is the pathway to receiving Bracha. We might even add, in terms of the phraseology of when it comes to the Bracha, it says the word Asher, that which Chazal tells in the Gemara and Shabbos on Kuvdalad and Aleph that Habadli Tyre Messiah so. The person who wants to do the right thing, he wants to become pure, Hashem is going to assist him. Asher, we are already pushing you in that direction, assuming that you're going to do it. We're going to push you in that direction to get the bracha. 
But of course, the klala is still available, which once again brings us back to that question of why the klala is available. If it's so obvious that the bracha is the, is the path of choice, why does the klala even exist? And in this vein, there's a Medjish Rabbah, the Devarim Rabbah, as we move over to Hadrash, in Dalit Aleph, 4.1 in the Devarim Rabbah explains, with regards to the reading of the Brachos and Klalos, right, just like we find in Bechukosai, there was the Tochacha, and there's also a Tochacha in Parshas Kisavo in a few weeks from now. And the Devarim Rabbah just explains a line that we could read in multiple ways. The Devarim Rabbah says that the Brachos and the Klalos are not lira asam. It's not for our bad. It's not for our harm. That's not why we have this passage of the Brachos and the Klalos. But it's to make known, to make known for us the proper choice that a person should be mavchin, that which a person should choose for himself. In other words, says the Medrash Rabbah, the whole point of the Rachas and Klaus being placed before us is just to give us that opportunity to make a proper choice. Now again, why did Hashem put these two choices? Hashem should have created us with only one choice, with only one option. And in this vein, as we move over to Sod, I direct you to the Ramchal and Derech Hashem, Kabbalistic work, Kabbalistic philosophical work. In Aleph Beis, so it's in the first Sefer, and it's the second chapter, and in sections Aleph Beis there, so one, two, and then one to two there, this, um, the Ramchal explains why exactly Hashem created evil, He created negative in this world. And what the Ramchal basically suggests is if the whole purpose of this world, something we suggested back at the beginning of Parsha Panorama over a year ago in Beratius, if Hashem wants to give us the ultimate good, right? The whole point of our existence is to bask in Hashem's glory, to receive the ultimate good that Hashem gives us in the world. So in order for Hashem to give us the ultimate perfect good, that can only definitionally exist if there is the opportunity for the opposite. There has to be an equal amount of darkness that there is to light. At least the choice for the two. Because otherwise there's something called Nahama de Kisufa, the bread of embarrassment. The ultimate good cannot just be bestowed. It can't just be something that you get without having earned it in any which way. Because if it's just given to you, it's a handout, that by definition cannot be the ultimate good. It's not perfectly appreciated. It's not something that we feel entirely good about, even if on a certain level we appreciate it, but it's still Namadakisufa, it is still intrinsically lacking, which is why you need to have the choice to be able to go in an opposite direction. For the ultimate good to exist, there has to be ultimate evil. And part of the ultimate good is to be able to choose the ultimate good, which is why the Klala exists. Hashem could make it neutral, that, yeah, you, um, nothing bad is going to happen if you mess up, but if you do good, you're going to get a lot of good things. But that is not enough to give us the true free choice. The true free choice has to come with the ability for ultimate evil. And the Yitz Sahara has to be strong enough that even with the Klala existing, we might even choose it because of that need for that balance. Because perhaps maybe we, for one reason or another, are not ready to make that choice. But before we close, let's finish off the uh, Sod section with a Kedusha Slevi who zeroes in on a few of the words in our Pasuk, some which we referenced earlier, on the Lashon of Asher when it comes to the Bracha, and Im when it comes to the Klala, so that when it comes to the blessing, and if when it comes to the curse. And he also focuses in on the word Hayom. Moshe Rina says, I'm placing it in front of you today. Explains the Kedusha Slevi, 
That you shall listen. It should have said, if you listen to the mitzvot, just like it's said by the curses, that if you don't listen. It says in Kedushin, In this world, there really is no reward for any mitzvot that you do. There is a schar that a person can receive in this world, and the meaning hayom, even today, like it says in Perkiavos, Dalit Beis 4 2, or like it says in the famous Mordechai Shapiro song. The schar, the reward for the mitzvah, is the mitzvah in and of itself. That really, technically, intrinsically, you shouldn't really require any additional schar. The fact that you get to do the mitzvah and bring tanug, bring delight to the Creator. There really could not be a greater scar than that. That's what it means that Moshe Rabbeinu says, see that I'm placing in front of you today, today, even as you're alive in this world, when you do the mitzvah of Hashem, of your Creator, to Kablu, you are able to receive bracha, you can get bracha in this lifetime, in this world. And what, in fact, is the bracha that you could receive even today? The bracha that you listen, that is the bracha. That is, that, that gufa is what it is, that when you listen, you do my mitzvah, that will be the bracha. There is no greater ta'anuk. This is not so by the And the Pasuk specifically there has to write the word if. What we see is that the whole purpose of Hashem giving us the mitzvahs at this point is that we are able to now make the choice. We see not just the hashkafa sachayim that we have the year of Shemayim. Once we know which way we want to go in life, now Hashem enables us to have the choice to choose and that ability to choose is what enables us to achieve the ultimate bracha, the greatest perfection, the good that can exist. And it exists not just in what is to follow, but as the Kedushas Levi says, as the Balaturim alluded to, it's our ability to gain and to have the fortune of doing the mitzvah right now. Hayom, today. Re'eh, that is something that we should see, pay attention to, and have a wonderful rest of your week. Thank you for joining us here at the Database.